You're listening to the Discovery COVID-19 podcast. I'm Azania Mosaka, and I'll be speaking to expert guests to help you better understand coronavirus disease 2019, as well as how best to manage your health, well-being, and financial security during this time. Hindsight is 2020, as the saying goes, but learning from the past and present is key to anyone who wants to become savvier with their finances in the future. Today, I'm talking to Guy Tennels. He's the head of product for Discovery Employee Benefits, and he's here with us to share tips to help investors gain perspective in this time of economic upheaval and help us to draw out the financial lessons we can all learn from the COVID-19 experience. Guy, great to chat to you. Hi, Zonia. Nice to chat to you too. So, Guy, what's the most helpful thing to do during a financial crisis? Um, well, I suppose what you do and what you have um, is uh, two different things, and you can only do something with what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, the most helpful thing that we all wish we had at this stage is um, an emergency fund. Yeah. Um, it's that basic thing that if you've ever spoken to a financial advisor, um, who's worth their salt, um, or, or read a top five things to do with your finances article online, mm-hmm. uh, they would have told you number one is set up an emergency fund, which should be about three, even up to six months, some people say, worth of your expenses in something like cash. Um, and uh, and I suppose I, I've, I've definitely had the thought, okay, yes, I hear you, but... Um, I've got a really stable job. I'm not going to lose that. Mm. Um, uh, you know, I'm not a, a poor performer at work. I'm unlikely to get fired. And I suppose there, it's just a whole raft of people at the moment who are experiencing the, this blow out of nowhere. Uh, no one saw a national lockdown coming, you know. Yeah. Um, and so small businesses are freezing wages, uh, some of them even going bust. And the people who've implemented this simple to understand, hard to implement financial habit um, are, are those who are only concerned at the moment and not, not destitute. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's hard to, very hard to set up. I mean, just to say, you know, I, I've often heard it positioned quite glibly, you know, you mm-hmm. should set up a three months of your expenses. It takes a long time to set that up and it takes sacrifices, real sacrifices month in and month out. Um, but I, I would hope and I would expect that there'll be a lot of people coming out of this who will see the wisdom in that, um, whereas perhaps they, they didn't before. Yes, wow. So uh, so an emergency fund is for what sort of event- eventualities? Losing our jobs, I'm sure as the title suggests, emergency fund. Um, <laughs> and what it, it, it should, of course, be in a basket with other types of investments, right? So in our portfolio, what should we have if the emergency fund is one of those? Yeah, so so I suppose most people position the emergency fund as your number one priority to get to get that up and running. So uh, before you thinking about your long term your long term savings, um, that should be where you channel as much savings as you can. Right. And you get that set up in something that's liquid. I mean some people um, have it in actual cash. Some people have it in safe investments in a unit trust. Um, others might have it um, in in an access bond, for example. Uh, that mm-hmm. may be the most kind of um, cost-effective place for you to put a, a easily accessible uh, money. 
once you've set that up, um, you should then go on to, to think about your portfolio of investments and, uh, and then you want to go from shortest term, which is this mm -hmm. emergency fund to, to longer term. You want to save for, uh, largish purchases. That's uh, kind of the most practical way that most South Africans save, uh, save for their Christmas expenses, etc. But you also want to save for the longer term things and, and there, especially if you're a taxpayer, um, uh, saving in retirement funding vehicles, uh, a pension or provident fund or a retirement annuity, um, uh, it's almost like you, you put an extra 30% in on every rand that you put in because you, yeah. you've saved that money before the tax man gets to uh, lay a finger on it. Mm. Um, so, so there are some very, uh, very efficient ways of, of saving for the long term. Right. Um, so how can I make sure that my investments won't suffer too much during the market downturn? Is there anything I can do to, to make sure of this? Um, yes, that is a tricky one. Is, this, is there anything you can do? <laughs> um, I, I suppose you can. You can be extremely well protected by having all your money in cash. Mm -hmm. um, but then you face the certainty of slow investment growth over the long term. So you I heard the phrase once that uh, cash doesn't outgrow the market. Yeah, that's a, a good phrase to, to keep in the front of your mind. Yeah. Um, over the long term, you'll, you'll certainly be disappointed with your returns in cash. Uh, but you'll have no terrifying experiences along the way. So that's the, that's the trade-off, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to invest in assets that have the potential to really grow, uh, that brings the certainty of serious losses in a crisis, but also the very high likelihood of, of, uh, of making a lot more money over the long term. Um, the best way to soften that blow, uh, maybe that's, that's it. You can't really avoid... Uh, the, the downs if you want the ups of the market. But the best way to soften that blow without losing out on long-term growth is, is to be diversified across many types of investments. Mm -hmm. um, so you may have heard the term a balanced fund. A balanced fund is trying to be balanced and diversified across uh, multiple types of uh, investment uh, asset classes, as they're known. So a, a bit of cash, some bonds, some equities, some property, some offshore investments, um, etc. So as you as you spread out your eggs across a number of those baskets, it reduces the impact of um, of a crisis in any one of those. So at the moment, do you think the markets can get worse than they currently are? Um, unfortunately, yes. Um, believe it or not, what goes down can still go down. Um, <laughs> that's not what I was hoping for. And uh, <laughs> we actually saw that now. We, we saw, um, if, you, if you're a market watcher, you would have experienced, uh, you would have experienced something that in, in hindsight you sort of kick yourself for not foreseeing. Mm. And that was that in February, there was quite a big drop in the markets. Um, and so, oh, that was a, a horrible experience. Yeah. And then in March, you had an even bigger drop. <laughs> yeah. I think a number of people saw the drop in February and thought, whew, that was terrifying. Glad that's over. Mm. Um, and, uh, and then we're surprised to see uh, an even bigger drop 
um, in March. So certainly what goes down can go down. Um, I, I'm, I don't know if that's likely. I, I'm, I'm not expecting major falls from, from the lows we've experienced um, to date, uh, but right. it certainly is possible. But do you think they'll be able to recover? Um, fortunately here, I'd say the answer is um, a confident yes. Okay. Um, and March is again a good example. Uh, so what transpired in March is that markets fell terribly from the beginning of March to about tw the 20th or so. Um, and then in the week following that, basically to the end of March, they already recovered about 15%. Mm -hmm. um, so, so we really within the month of March, it was a little microcosm of what can happen March and February. Markets going down, going down some more, and then um, without anyone really seeing it coming, um, a recovery already starting. Um, uh, and, and so that's uh, encouraging. Uh, yeah. It's also encouraging to know that this is not the first time that markets have, have fallen off a cliff. Um, each time you have a major market fall, they are different. The circumstances leading up to them are different. And, and this one is certainly unique in, in certain ways. Mm -hmm. But there has never been a market fall that the market has not recovered from and then far surpassed. Uh, it, ha it, it has never happened um, in, in global markets and certainly not in South Africa. There's maybe one exception to that, which is Japan, mm. um, which is uh, just a... a maybe of, of interest that up to about the eighties or nineties, Japan um, market just totally overheated. And then it took them that market, I don't know, 20 or 30 years to get back to, to its previous highs. Yeah. Um, but that's not the case that we in the, the, that market was really out of, out of kilter with the economy and underneath it. And that's not uh, the situation that we in. So you're pretty optimistic that the signs are there with the way um, the curve is moving from this pandemic, what we're seeing in different markets that are either ahead of us in terms of uh, this battling the, the, the pandemic and those that are still behind us? I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm extremely optimistic that you'll get your money back from the markets. Um, what I can't um, say with any certainty is how, how quickly that will happen. Okay. Um, and it depends what, what road the world and South Africa takes. Um, and everybody is, who's kind of uh, uh, sort of closely uh, has a lot of money riding on this is furiously um, hammering out um, various scenarios. Um, the kind of middle road, most likely scenario is still that the market uh, the, the world economy and the markets following that um, mm. recover over a, a six to 18 month period. Um, uh, a very sharp recovery is possible, but, but somewhat unlikely. Um, mm. And, and a real, a real falling apart of the world economy that, that, uh, that one would struggle to kind of come out of for a very long time is, is possible, but still also very unlikely. So we must just fast Hang in there <laughs> for a little yeah, while exactly. longer. Yeah. But when we think of the role of this. Thank you for useful words in times like this. Yeah. Yes. 
So when we think of the role of the central bank, can central banks help um, to help the global economy? Um, they can to an extent, um, and they are certainly trying. Uh, you may be um, heartened to know that um, central banks across the world have moved much faster and much more decisively than, uh, than after the global financial crisis of 2008-9, uh, really by quite a margin. And mm. I think maybe um, the, the sort of um, crisis muscles in central banks are very well exercised. Maybe that's a good way of putting it. Um, they've really sprung into action and, and, uh, and have, have done a lot. Um, but there is a limit to what a central bank can do, especially uh, if you're an economy like most Western economies are in that uh, have interest rates at, at close to zero already. One of the key ways that you stimulate the economy is by reducing interest rates. Um, South Africa has, has quite a lot of room uh, to make an impact there, and a lot of pundits expect another 1%, 100 basis points um, drop in interest rates from our central bank. Um, but uh, many of the develop, developed economies have, have kind of limited headroom there. Uh, what you do see as well, though, is, uh, is that the, the governments in those economies are stepping in to do what they can. So we've seen really massive stimulus packages being announced uh, also across the developed world. Uh, very substantial uh, packages, essentially of spending, that the government will, will inject into the economies um, to, to help them kind of um, kickstart out of, out of the, the recession that, we, that we've just been launched into. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I've been holding on to your optimistic tone and I'm going to continue to hold on to it. But as we conclude, is there anything else you'd like to add, Guy? Um, I, I, I suppose that, um, that we will get through this, but both as a country, but also your investments will get through this. Um, just imagine in a couple of years' time, I don't know, for those of you who've looked at GDP graphs or investment return graphs over the long term, and, um, and even now when you think about the global financial crisis, you sort of see a graph, this line going up in a squiggly way, and, uh, and then there's a little arrow pointing to a particular big squiggle um, and the arrow says global financial crisis or Asian crisis of 97 or whatever. Mm. Uh, in a couple of years' time, uh, this dip in GDP and equity markets will be just a, a blip on a line that's labeled the COVID crisis of 2020. And, uh, and, and the trend line after it will make it look more like a blip than the earth-shaking event it feels like today. That's some great perspective. Thank you, Guy. You've given us great perspective on the moment that we are living in. Thank you, Guy. Great pleasure. Thank you, Zania. Nice to talk to you. Guy Channels, Head of Product for Discovery Employee Benefits. This podcast was brought to you by Discovery. Stay informed, stay healthy.